All Talks of Life with Chris Viniquest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is All Talks of Life with Chris Viniquest. Glad to have you in here. Glad to be talking to you once again. I hope that you enjoyed the previous episode. I got into some NFL schedule. Really, really excited about what's coming on in the next season for the NFL. Some good things to look forward to. But today, that's not what I'm going to get into. Today, that is not what I'm going to talk about. I want to shift and get back to the to the theater that is the political realm. I want to talk a little bit of politics today. Probably going to get into some sports a little bit at the end of the show. But I want to start out talking to asking a question why oh why is it that our friends our families people that we know are still voting democrat that's the question i got today why are they still voting democrat i hope that everybody has been having an awesome may a great time in the lord 2022 things have been going down things have been happening some good some bad obviously if you're tuned into the news all the time you just think that you know life and everything else around us is just bad happenings but that's not the case that's not the truth look a little deeper see things for what they are see people for who they are in your everyday life and co-workers and people around you and you'll see that there's some good in this world but don't stay glued to the news even though that's what i'm going to talk about today but there is there is good there is great things there is love going on in this world let's not negate that fact let's not overlook that let's stay tuned in to the great things that god is doing even though yes there are some negative things going on and I know that one of the negative things that, that, that is going on that I want to address today is a topic that everyone's addressing, that everyone's talking about all around the kitchen table and television and all those things that everybody's doing. We're talking about inflation, talking about rising prices and, and all these things, uh, groceries and gas and clothing and just everything imaginable we're seeing a spike we're seeing a high we're seeing record numbers like we haven't seen in over four decades since by the way since jimmy carter was president a democrat so you know that you're gonna get this podcast and point of views from a factual and conservative point of view we're not gonna sit here and gonna talk about feelings and all these other things when it comes to political theater and we're not going to talk about feelings when we're sitting here and talking about world news no we're going to talk about what it is and one of the things that's going on right now that is really alarming and it's the reason why i ask at the top of the show why are our friends and our families still voting democrat because of this a report from Fox10TV.com says that U.S. overdose deaths hit a record 107,000 deaths last year, according to the CDC. So in 2021, more than 107,000 Americans dr died of drug overdoses, setting yet another tragic record. That translates, ladies and gentlemen, to roughly one U.S. overdose death for every five minutes. Now imagine, I'm almost five minutes into this podcast as I'm saying this, and we're talking about that somebody is overdosing somewhere in the, in the U.S. right now. That's sad. That is actually sad. To think that somebody's child, somebody's dad, somebody's mom, somebody's aunt, uncle, or cousin is dying as I just crossed or I'm about to cross the five-minute mark on this podcast 
is sad. And one of the biggest reasons why it spiked up to the level that it spiked up is because of lockdowns. Now, it is not the lone reason. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. It's not the lone reason. I'm not sitting here saying that. I'm saying that one of the biggest reasons that it spiked so hard, it is because of the pandemic. The reason why the problem got exacerbated as quick as it did, or one of the biggest problems, excuse me again, is because of the lockdowns and restrictions. So now all of a sudden you isolate people and they can't go out and get their treatment. Or you isolate people and coming at it from a spiritual perspective, they can't go out, get to their church, talk to a counselor. Now you're talking about Zoom here and there. I understand that. It's not the same thing as having somebody, you know, I can't cry on your shoulder over Zoom. I can't hug you over Zoom. People need touch. You say, nah, not really. Well, let me prove it to you. There's a story about Jesus in the Word that says that there was a man who was blind. Jesus took him by the hand. He touched him. Jesus took him somewhere and said, you know, put touched his eyes and said, what do you see? He said, well, I see men walking as trees. So meaning that his process wasn't done yet. And Jesus touched him a third time. And he says, what do you see? Now I see men clearly I'm healed. So we're talking about the process of people being there for you, being with you and lockdowns stop that. Now, obviously, there were people who still, you know, continued to go to others' houses, but that dramatically slowed down. Most people took the heatings and the warnings, and that cost them. We're talking about a, an overdose death for every five minutes in the U.S. That is never before seen stuff. So now, why do I ask? Why are they still voting Democrat? Because in the cities where you saw the most harsh restrictions, where you saw the most harsh lockdowns and tickets and all this other, you know, stuff with people against the against the police and lawmakers and things like that, were in Democrat cities. Now, obviously, yes, there were lockdowns and things in place in also cities led by Republican governors and stuff like that, but in the cities led by, by, by Republican governors and congressmen and women and stuff like that, the lockdowns and the restrictions were taken down fa at a faster rate. People were allowed to go back to work at a faster rate. People were told, go back to your life at a faster rate. Before places like New York, California, Chicago, now, when you go down and you look at, when you go down and you look at these cities and these places like Hawaii and you look at other spots that are Democrat-led and Democrat-run, you're going to see that the national average right now on gas is higher in, in those places. Now, obviously the overdosing is a big issue and that's why i brought it up first but i'm gonna but what i'm saying is in the connection here to the point i'm getting is that the democrats for the most part wanna be god in your life but in actuality what they're getting at is destroying your life. Because these lockdowns, like I just said, led a lot of people to do a lot of things 
that they normally wouldn't do because they didn't have someone there for them. Now the government went all out on television and on social media and, and they wanted to be the ones there for you, but they weren't there. Being on, on a screen is not being there for you. Sending you a check that belonged to you in the first place is not being there for you. Causing inflation to rise to meteoric positions is not being there for you. You got to understand that. Now, I know that most of you that listen to this show are conservatives, so you do, but there are a few out there that listen to the show that are not, that you got to understand. And for those of us who are conservative and have people in our families that are not, we got to help them to understand these things. Now, when we sit here and we talk about gas, and, and, and I'm saying, okay, you got overdose here, and you got gas here, and you got groceries over here, and you got something over here, it all leads to something. It all leads to you need more government. In their eyes, that, that's what they're saying to you. You need more government. You need more, you, you need more regulation. You need, you need more, uh, you need more drugs that are going to help you to get out of drugs. But we're going to supply that to you. But you got to vote us in in November. We're going to give you the way out when it comes to gas prices. Because we're going to bring in electric cars. All you got to do is get in debt for $50,000, dollars $70,000. But we're going to help you out with that. When in actuality, they're not. But they're going to make it seem like they're going to help you out with all these things. They're giving you another way, just another way to get in trouble, just another way to get down. It's just another way so that they can become your God, my God. Dependency on them. A lot of people say, you know, I want to reach financial independence. That's erroneous. The Bible does not teach us about independence. The Bible teaches us about dependence on God. Even though I may make $100,000 a year, whatever it is, I'm not saying I make that. What I'm saying is you may make a million dollars a year or one five or, or five million, whatever the number is. And God still tells you to depend on him, on how to spend that money, on how to save that money, on how to invest that money, on how to bless others with that money. It's not, I made it this, this far and I no longer need God. That's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. So financial independence is not real because we got to depend on God for everything to understand everything that's going on. But the government and mostly the Democrats want you to understand or, or they, they, they want you to get to a place where you think that, oh, financial independence is where I want to get. But to get there, I have to depend on the government. You hear that or how, how crazy that sounds? But again, they want to be gods. And the reason why I say gods is because we depend on God for every breath, for life. But they, they want us to depend on them the way that we depend on God. So getting back to the gas prices, the national average of a regular of a regular of a regular gallon of gasoline hit $4.52 on Tuesday morning of this week. That is a new record over what hit Monday of this week, $4.48. And that Monday record beat the record of Sunday, which was $4.47, meaning that it jumped up continually from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday, all breaking records under the president that canceled the Keystone Pipeline, under the same president that keeps saying that it is Russia's fault and Putin's fault, under the same president that is sitting out here and canceling 
a lease sale for over one million acres in 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 Alaska's Cook in in Inlet. This is the same president that's doing all of this, canceling contracts for drilling. The prices go up. And then the American people say, well, now we need, now that we're being crippled, we got to go to the government to get help. Now that we're being crippled, we got to go to unemployment. Now that we're being crippled, we got to find a way. And the government says, we're the way. You see, you see what's going on? They're the way. But I heard that in the Bible, Jesus said that he's the way. You understand the correlation? The correlation is that they just want to take over. The correlation is that all of these things that cripple the American people, that bring the wealth gap farther and farther and farther, crippling the average American brings the average American to its knees and says, we, got, we need you to bail us out. We need you to show us the way. We need you. We need you. I mean, but, but isn't that the thing that the Bible teaches us about God? We need you. But, some, but, but the thing is that a lot of people don't even, blue voters don't even see that. Don't even, they, they, they see like, hey, we want more government, but they don't see that the reason for the fall and the reason for a lot of the problems is bigger government. Because now what we have is inflation hitting 8.3 in April, and it's the second highest ever behind the month of March, which is 8.5. This is all under the Biden administration, the Biden regime, the Democrat regime. I think that the most, I think that the most that 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 it went up on Trump, and I'm talking about inflation, you know, in one single month it was about 2.5, if I'm not mistaken. If if my if my memory serves me correct, I believe it was about 2.5. I think that was the most that happened under the Trump administration. So another report says that two out of every three Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, this is this is what I'm talking about. That Americans are being forced to live paycheck to paycheck in the Biden economy. So what does that do? That takes people to do things they've never done before. That takes people to say, hey, we need someone to bail us out. We need someone to help us out. And again, the government says, we're that help. Because they want that takeover. So what I'm asking is, again, why are our friends and our families continuing to vote Democrat? If their policies are the ones that are messing things up. If the president is not only canceling the Keystone Pipeline, but also canceling the pipeline down in Michigan, that is making us less less uh, America independent for energy and more dependent on other countries that are going to sell it at a higher price instead of us manufacturing, paying our own workers, helping businesses here in America, why they continue to vote Democrat? Why they continue to vote Democrat when it is the Democrats that continue to push abortion. I mean, for me, I think it's because they're misinformed. I, to me, that that's my number one thought. They're just misinformed because of the news that they watch. And also because of what they've been taught by their parents and what they've been, what they've been taught by their families year uh, sorry generation upon generation oh we vote democrat i met a lady one time as i was doing some work for a potential candidate for nyc mayoral run to try to get on the ballot right someone else and i was telling the lady hey you know you want to 
sign up as a primary voter, and then they say, oh, you know, Democrat or Republican, I said, oh, the person is running as a Republican or wanting to run a, run as a Republican. She said, no, I'm good. I've been voting Democrat 60 years. I'm like, 60 years? You're voting Democrat 60 years. You're talking about the party that helped bring in the 2008 disaster? The real estate disaster, the crumbling disaster that was 2008, the depression. I, I mean, really? I, I just, I, I, I'm just baffled. But again, when we're misinformed and we don't have facts and we don't have, you know, the truth, we won't be set free. So, in a in another report. It's being said that Americans are living actually at a decrease where Americans got raises all over the country, right? But they're actually making less money than they were pre-pandemic. Actually, they're making less money pre-Biden. I mean, so now wages went up. Democrats fought, right, for wage increases, $15 an hour minimum here in New York and other places, I, I, I believe California, if I'm not mistaken. They fought for all this wage increase in all these places. Obviously, crippling small businesses. Obviously, helping out big business and people still voting Democrat. And the president's thing is, no, we, we're, we're going to blame Rick Scott because nobody backed his economic plan in, in, in the GOP. We're going to blame him for his plan. His, his plan didn't come through. No, no. He's not the one that canceled the Keystone Pipeline and the Michigan Pipeline. He's not the one that, that, that canceled federal drilling on millions of acres in the United States. That's not on him. There's no accountability in, 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 the, in the party of the Democrats. Now, the party of the Republican is not a perfect party. By no means, by no stretch of the imagination. I, I know that that's probably what you're hearing, what you're, what you're understanding from what I'm saying, but I'm here to say, no, it's not. But common sense. I can say that at least common sense runs in the Republican Party. Common sense is not running anywhere in the Democrat Party. Inflation is now costing American families an extra $536 a month. People are saying, we're not going on vacation this year. Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all these things that get us apart from our families, just like during the pandemic and lockdowns. They get us away from people. They get us away from fellowship. This is what this is what's going on yet again. 55% of Americans, according to a study, say that. Biden has made the economy worse. I'm surprised it's only 55%. That's a low number. I mean, what, what do you think has made the economy worse? Who do you think has made the economy worse? Groceries have to go up if, if gas is up. I got to pay those drivers. They got to, you know, I, I got to pay fuel, diesel fuel, which right now around my way at the time of me recording this is at $6.59 a gallon. By the time you hear this, it might be $7 a gallon or $7.50 or something like that. Or maybe, as, maybe as you're hearing this, is probably $10. There's a, there's a, I was reading a story that there is a gas station, the company's called 76, 
down in Washington that already has prepared and programmed their computers to start reading double digit $10 a gallon or more. I, I mean, come on now. If you think that these companies don't know what's going on, that they can't see, you're crazy. They understand where this is going. But do you understand where this is going? Do I understand where this is going? The crippling of people, of families, so that they can say, all right, we give up. Look, this is, this is what the enemy does in the spiritual life. He puts that pressure on us, on our families, on our faith, on our joy, to the point where we say, we give up. I'm not going to God anymore. I'm going to my feelings. I'm going to my thoughts. I'm going to a bottle. I'm going to a drug. I'm going to an addiction. I'm going to another man or another woman. I'm going to another place, to another family. I'm going somewhere else. I give up. So... You're pushing on American families to get electric cars that cost a bunch of money to get them in more debt. You're spiking up the prices by the policies that you're implementing. All the while, wanting to teach our children in school, underage children, things that they shouldn't, that they that they don't even care about. But because people are pushing that on them, now they're thinking that they do care about them. Young minds don't care nothing about sexuality. Not six, seven, eight-year-olds. They don't care nothing about that. But this is the agenda of the Democrat and left party. This is what they're doing. So you got to come to us to figure all this stuff out. So now what, what, what's going on is pushing and pushing and pushing toward you need us. You need our electric cars. You need our Green New Deal. You need all this stuff. You see why? Because gas is going up. You need us. In every way, in every turn, you need the president. You need the VP. In every way, in every turn, you need the Secretary of State or you need somebody else, whoever it may be. But everything that's being done right now is on a road to need. That people, that you trick people into thinking that they want more government, that they want more regulation, that they want more restriction. A lot of people out here on the street thinking that's what they want. Because they've been tricked and duped into it because all they do is tune into the news. As you notice as of late, I haven't been talking much politics for a while. And it's not because Trump is out of office. Because things are going terrible and I, and, and, and I got the energy to speak on it. But it's just, at times, it's like the division that that these things have cost, I mean, you really want to keep going on with it? But it gets to a point where you're like, you know what? The division is going to be the division. You're going to know who's wrong, who's right, who's good or bad. You're going to know who thinks what. That's what division does. So when I went up the other day and I filled up my gas tank and I saw $95 at the end of my bill, I said, Nah, 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 got to talk about this because the administration is trying to cripple my family to the point where I get on my knees and say, I need you more than I need God. Look at all the things happening and tell me that that's not what's going on. I mean, like I said, like I always say, text me, email me, call me, Facebook, all that, tweet, truth me, whatever it is. And let me know that's not what's going on and tell me why. That's what I believe is going on. All roads are leading to government, you're my God. So they want to be gods. 
Are they going to be your gods this November? Let's educate our families and our friends and let them know, hey, stop voting like that. That Democrat stuff ain't working. Moving on. I want to get into the NBA's Final Four. Now, last night, Tuesday, May 17th, game one of the NBA Finals, I tuned into and sat down the first NBA game I've sat down through for three years. We're talking about since 2019. I didn't sit down and watch an entire game in 2020 in the bubble, 2021, or the regular season of 2022. I didn't watch the first, second, or third, or sorry, the first or second round of full game. I didn't sit down and watch these games. I've gotten tired and grown tired of the NBA. Now you, you've heard me talk a lot, NFL, a lot of football draft and stuff like that that that's where i've been the last three years sinking my teeth into understanding the game of football being entertained and loving the sport of football can't wait for the xfl in 2023 i'm not watching the usfl the xfl laid led by danny garcia and Dwayne the rock johnson ready and waiting for that former company of vince mcmahon But I want to talk about the NBA's Final Four because I have been keeping up with the NBA a little bit, just a little bit more during these playoffs because the things that I've heard and the highlights that I've seen and the people that I've talked to talking about one Jimmy Butler. I know that, I mean, it's not, I'm not oblivious to what's going on in the NBA. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I know that Jimmy Butler, you know, they, and the Miami Heat, Made the finals in 2020. They lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Kobe, uh, Kobe. LeBron went out there and got one for Kobe. I understand that. Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat, beat the Bucks in 2020. Shout out to them. Big moves. So I, so I know what was going on. I'm just not sitting here watching every day. Or not watching at all. I'm watching highlights. I'm hearing debate shows. My people on the, you know, my people that are watching are like telling me what's going on. But I wasn't plugged into the level that I used to be. And I wasn't plugged in certainly to the way that I was last night watching Jimmy Buckets, the Miami Heat, and Jason Tatum and the and the Boston Celtics not sitting through a game, analyzing a game, watching, just sitting there putting the components together of this game that is called basketball. But I did that. What I saw was something special. What I saw was the guy that I wanted to see, Jimmy Buckets. The guy that takes me back to a 90s style kind of player. The guy that takes me back to an old school kind of guy. A guy who plays the game on both sides of the court. A guy who gives effort. A guy who's out there doing everything that it takes and saying everything that it takes to win the game. Because that's what they play for, other than money, is to win the game. Eric Spolster said it best. A lot of guys are out here competing. But Jimmy Butler's out here to win a game. He's out here to win every single night. Because you could be out there competing. You could be out there collecting a paycheck. You ain't show up to win. You showed up because you're getting paid. And you're good at basketball. Jimmy Butler showing up to compete and to win. Jimmy Butler in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. 41 minutes. 12 for 19. Missed both of his three-pointers. Nine rebounds. Five assists. And guess what? Those nine rebounds, a team high. Those assists, five of them, a team high. 
41 minutes, a team high. We're talking about a dude that goes out there and shows what he says. A dude who backs it up to the best of his abilities. Competing, wanting to win, not just showing up to get paid. That's why I tuned in for the first time in three years because I got tired. I got tired of dudes out here just complaining for every single call, crying, stopping the game, talking about I got slapped on my wrist. I got tired of watching that. I got tired of dudes out here talking about I deserve super max money, but I'm not giving super max effort and I'm not putting up super max numbers. What kind of junk is that? Got tired of all that garbage. Softness in the NBA. Got tired of that. Listen, I grew up watching the 90s basketball. I grew up watching Michael Jordan get pummeled. I grew up watching the Knicks. Straight bully dudes. I grew up watching Charles Oakley. Anthony Mason. I grew up watching dudes like that, Xavier McDaniel. I grew up watching the Houston Rockets with Hakeem Olajuwon, Tough Cookie, Shaq in his prime when Shaq could run up and down the floor. Shaq who dunk on dudes and push them right out the way right afterwards, even after the play was done. Still put his hands on you. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant. I grew up watching the dude that said, hold up. Feel a little too skinny. I gotta go over one summer and put on 12 pounds of muscle. Cause I'm about to post dudes up. That's what I'm about to do. That's the kind of guys I grew up watching. And all of a sudden, the league changed. You say, you know, so I said, Oh yeah, you done changed? You going to the softer string bean kind of dudes? I'm out. I heard of a guy called Jimmy Butler. What I tuned in to watch was special. The man didn't hit one three-pointer. 0 for 2 on three-pointers. And yet had 41 points. 17 for 18 on free-throw attempts. We're talking about taking it straight at you. Going right at you, competing, competitor. That's what I'm talking about. But I wasn't disappointed from the other side either. Don't get it twisted. I was not disappointed by what people have been telling me about the number one defense in the league, the Boston Celtics. Now, they were out the defensive player of the year. We understand that. They were out, they were out of Al Horford because of COVID protocols. We get that. They showed up in the first half. They played hard. Jason Tatum looked unstoppable. But going into the half down eight, I'm sitting here, I'm telling one of my boys, I'm saying, listen, this is what needs to happen in the second half. I don't watch enough basketball in my lifetime, even though that I was out for three years of watching this thing from day to day. I, I, I still understand this game. I might be disgusted by some of the product and some of the stances taken by certain players. But I still understand the nuances of this game. I played it a lot during my young life. And I said this at the half with the heat down eight. Two things need to happen. One, Jimmy Butler needs to get more aggressive. He had 27 in the second half. Two, somebody's got to contain Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum played 44 minutes, went 10 for 21, shot two of nine from three-point land. His second half didn't look pretty. His second half looked ugly. P.J. Tucker was getting in there. P.J. Tucker showed up even though he had a sprained foot. Somewhere during the game trying to guard, you know, trying to guard Jason Tatum 
as the help defender, they they kept showing a highlight as you know as he started grimacing and things like that. And I'm like, brother came back out and played and played hard every second. He grabbed that foot when he went down, but he played hard every second. Let's not forget the Miami Heat also top four in the league, top five in the league in defense, probably number two. Don't forget about the Western Conference Finals now. Western Conference Finals. Warriors can play D. Dallas can play D. We're talking about four defensive teams in the top five. This this year. Defense that leads to offense is fundamental basketball. All this junk about dribble, dribble, sidestep, put it through the legs, turn around. When you had the guy beat after a simple crossover, it's junk, garbage, that I refused to watch for three years. But I, but there was a breath of fresh air in my basketball lungs watching Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat, and also Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, like I said, played 44 minutes. Wanted to win the game. He got tired. He just had a seven-game series with Giannis in the Bucks. He got tired in the second half, no doubt. P.J. Tucker was on him. Grant Williams out there playing defense. Robert Williams III doing his thing 100% from the field in the first half. Getting putbacks and, and alley-oop lobs from Jason Tatum. Second half. Obviously didn't, didn't, didn't carry the same energy that he did in the first half. Wasn't getting the same easy looks as he got in the first half. But he came out to play. Jalen Brown, 43 minutes. 50% from three-point land, 10 rebounds, 24 points, showed up. The Heat were a little better. The Heat were a little more energized. They were fresh. They were at home. Had a little more energy on them. They got to continue to do that. They got to continue to keep the energy up, even if they, even when they go on the road. They have to keep the energy up because that's what's going to win them. That is what is going to win them this series. Obviously, along with execution. But they got to stay energized. They have to on the road. It's easy to do that at home. Tyler Hero had eight rebounds in game one. Second only to Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat. We're talking about guard play, getting rebounds. Where you at? Bam Adebayo. We're talking about the guards grabbing rebounds. Energized dudes. You got to play with that intensity, that want to. A lot of times, that's not not what I saw in 2019 when I said, you know what, this is the last straw. I'm just, I'm bowing out for a minute. Dudes just want to dribble, step back, sidestep, and shoot a three. Or just get in the corner, have somebody do the work, be open, and just shoot a three. I understand the evolution of the game. Don't get me wrong. I get, you know, analytics. The more threes you take, the more you make. So that means the more points that you that you get. Okay, I, I get that. I mean, but you still got to work. You still have to, you know, devise great game plans for when, when the three-point shot doesn't fall. That's what Jimmy Butler does took me back didn't hit no threes but he got some old school ones and ones that's how he hit his threes and if a player in this league understands how to win without having to hit threes I'm gonna watch that dude because he's saying I can do it the fundamental way I can do it in the way that y'all think is no longer doable I don't mind seeing three-point shots. That's not what I'm saying. Gabe Vincent hit some, hit some fabulous three-point shots. P.J. Tucker hit a three that I didn't think he was going to hit. Strauss 
he hit Struss. I'm sorry, Struss. He hit some three-point shots. They were excited. I was like, whoa. So, so that's not my problem. My problem is everybody falling into the same way of doing things. A modus operandi, the same way. Everybody wants to be the Warriors. You can't be the Warriors. That's what I enjoyed about Giannis. That's what I enjoy about Giannis. You don't have to be like LeBron and form a super team to win a championship. You can be like Mike and have one all-star next to you and win a championship. You can be like Kobe and have one all-star next to you and win a championship. You don't need two other all-stars on your team all the time. You don't need four future Hall of Famers all the time. I mean, you know, there are teams that have them. I'm not, I'm not saying that, of course. Celtics back in the day, the Lakers, Celtics in the 80s, you know, Celtics in the 60s. That's what I meant when I said back in the day. So, yeah, there's teams that construct that have three or four All-Stars. It happens. But when you take on the challenge and say, I'm going to be different, I respect that. I want to watch that. I respect teams in the NFL to say, you know what, this copycat thing here, I'm not with it. I'm go- you zigging, I'm zagging. I respect that. I want to see that. Not a- you, you can't all be Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. You got to devise things according to, to how you're skilled and you're talented. I don't got to devise a plan. I'm, I, I'm not going to play like Michael Jordan. I'm going to play like me. I got to devise a way that that works for me. I can take things from certain people's games. No doubt. People do it all the time. Boxers do it all the time. I take a certain move from Muhammad Ali if I'm if I'm Floyd Mayweather. After I hit the right hand, I, I'm going I'm to a, I'm a probably just pat down your wrist or, or push you a little bit so that you won't get a shot on me after I throw this right hand. Okay, I, I get that. But we got to come up with our own ways to do some things, man. As athletes. Well, they have, not we, because I'm not an athlete, but they have to. Because this is entertainment. And I'm not entertained by dudes doing the same thing over and over. Everybody wants to be the Warriors. And everybody wants to run the Wildcat in the NFL. They don't do that now, but there was a time. Like, come on now. You're getting paid, you're professional. Be original, be creative, be better. That's all I ask. Anyway. Shout out to Tyler Hero. Brother had eight rebounds last night. He's a point guard. Eight rebounds. Only one three. But he had 18 points. He was the second best player last night for the Miami Heat. He was out there hustling, trying to win these games, doing his thing. So it was a good time watching Eastern Conference Finals Game 1. High stakes. High athleticism. High egos. High talent. All that good stuff. I'm not making a pick. But I'm rooting for the Boston. I'm... No way, no how. I'm rooting for Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. That's who I'm rooting for. Because that's why I tuned in to watch Jimmy Butler. 32 years old. Championship windows closing. You got to get it done. And you got to get it done soon. Don't become Chris Paul, Jimmy Buckets. Do not become the next Chris Paul. Please, I urge you. Don't do that. Western Conference Finals, I'm rooting. I'm not picking. I'm rooting for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm rooting for Luka Doncic. I'm rooting for the guy that Kobe Bryant said, hey, this dude right here is real. You got to pay attention to him. He does all the fundamentals right. He's got skill. He's got will. 
this dude right here, he's going to be a problem. And he has been a problem. Putting up the points that he's putting up. I believe he's averaging about 31 and 10 in the playoffs, I believe. If I'm, if my memory serves me correct to what I saw last, about six, about six and a half assists, something like that. Now, for me, I've said this before. My favorite play in the league to watch is Nikola Jokic. He's no longer in the playoffs. And, you know, the reason why he's my favorite player to watch, I mean, for all you who saw the NBA this season, he had a, he had a, he had a record-setting season with the things he did all around. I mean, seven-foot guy that can pass the ball that way, that can shoot the three that way, that can handle the ball the way that he does, he's just pure entertainment dollar. That doesn't mean to say that he's one of the greatest or, you know, he's going to end up being one of the greatest. It doesn't. It just means that he's high entertainment value. And Luka Doncic is also as well. Because he's going to do things around the clock. He's going to do all around things. So, while I understand that 60%, you know, whatever you want to call it, basketball power index gives a 60% chance to the Warriors. I get that. I understand that. 60-40 right now. Okay, fine. But I always tell people that when things are even, I'm going to go with the best player in the series. That In basketball, that that's my philosophy. When teams are kind of even, I'm going to go with the best player in the series. Now, some people say, well, it's not an even series. Because they have Steph Curry, the greatest shooter ever. They have Klay Thompson. They have Draymond Green, guys who've won three championships. I get it. But Luka Doncic is the best player in this series. Dallas won three out of the four games this season versus Golden State. So I'm just making a case for Dallas. I'm not even picking them because the Warriors should win this series. They look like they got it together by now. And they should, by the, by this time in the year, they should have it together. But Luka Doncic is the best player in this series. He's going to need help from Spencer Dinwiddie. He's going to need he's going to need help from all of the guys on his team. He's definitely going to need guys to step up the way that they stepped up in the series against the Suns. Suns won 64 games. People had him going to the NBA Finals. I I get it. I I understand. I'm not, you know, knocking that down in any way. You know, the way that they looked after the season was over. I get that. But a team effort like the Mavs have been doing, like they did in 06, but fell short, like they did in 2011 with the one-star team effort around the best player in the series can work. It has happened. Thing is, can it happen again? Will Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Will those guys step up? Spencer Dinwiddie, Finney Smith. Will you know he had that eight three-pointer game? Tim Hardaway. I mean, are, are these guys? Are they gonna step up in that way? We got to see. You know, so I, I know that I mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. He's he's not coming back for the playoffs, but I, I'm trying to get around the other guys. Are they going to step up? Because if they do, the way that they have this postseason so far, and Luca has elevated, and they've allowed Luca to elevate their games, they have a shot to win this series. That's what I'm saying. They have a shot to win this series. I heard after the Mavs were up, were down 0-2, this is over. They have no shot. That's what I heard. Luka Doncic at 45 in game one. He did everything he could. They're done. No, no. Role players got to step up. Guys around you got to step up. It's a team game. Even though 
even though there's a big individual impact in the NBA like no other sport, but still, it's five on five. So we got to call out the other guys. Y'all got to continue to do what y'all got to do because let's not sit here in front. We're talking about guys with size on the Dallas Mavericks. Reggie Bullock, 6'6". Marquise Chris, 6'9". Spencer Dinwiddie, 6'6". Luca, 6'7". Finney Smith, he's 6'7". So we're talking about guys that are out here with, with size that can match up with the Golden State Warriors. That's what we're talking about. These guys have height for height. They can go, they, they can go at the Warriors and with the Warriors. Now the thing is, will, will that team camaraderie, will it come out and be the best version of itself? Because that's the issue. Because you got to be the best version of yourself against the against the against the Warriors if you're the Mavericks. Because no, you're not more talented. No, you don't have guys who are considered arguably the best at their position of all time. You don't have that. But you got Jason Kidd, a good coach. We saw what he did with Giannis. Let's not forget about that. Let's not front on that. And we have a team that has been put together before by owner Mark Cuban around one star that he and his team have understood how to put together in Dallas a team around one star. What kind of guys, what kind of characters do I need to get in here to support my superstar? I mentioned the two instances before. They got everybody on the Dallas Mavericks has seven. I know it's a tall order, but it can be done. That's the thing. That's all I'm saying. It can be done. So I'm rooting for the Mavericks. But I think that the Warriors have got it together. And they should win this series. I'm rooting for the Heat. And I believe that the seasoned best player in this series, Jimmy Butler, and his squad should get it done. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'll be surprised by a Warrior Celtics finals. Not at all. Not in the least. For me, I want to see guys that are kind of throwback. I want to see Heat, Mavericks in the finals. That's the final I want to see. That's me. I mean, you may want to see Warriors, Heat. I get it. Warriors, Celtics. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not coming against that. I'm just saying for me, for this dude right here that you're hearing right now, I want to see that kind of throwback. I want to see Luka Doncic versus a guy like Jimmy Butler. That's that's where I'm at. But it was it, it was fun watching watching the NBA again. Obviously, you know. I'm still waiting on the NFL to, to, to pop up. But in the meantime, let's see if the NBA gets good again. That's what I did. I checked it out. Yankees best team in baseball right now. As I speak to you, Yankees looking like they could go all the way. I'm not sitting here saying Yankees are, are going to go. I'm not saying that. Please understand as the show comes to an end, I am not saying the Yankees are going to win the World Series. I'm saying that the New York Yankees right now, in this moment in time, as the number one overall team in baseball at 27 and nine, with the pitching going to work the way that it's going to work, and the batting finally waking up, helping out the pitching, has a very good shot to win the World Series. The last time the Yankees were this good, back in 2003, they, they, they didn't win the World Series, but the last two times that team started out this good at this early, they won the World Series. So the Yankees got some components. 
They got to continue to pitch right. They got to continue to bat right. But I'll say this before I go. They need to figure out the closer role. They have to get one guy in there that they trust more than anybody to be the closer for me to really have trust in the New York Yankees to go all the way. This is All Talks of Life.